Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Board NBA YouTube channel or Twitter account for Pick and Roll. We are live as we are every weekday morning to go through NBA discussion and, of course, the best bets from Pips on the NBA player props. And we have one coming for you guys today a little bit later on. If you guys have been enjoying the content on YouTube, please make sure you hit that like button. Been watching on Twitter. Want to let you guys know that today will be the final time we are streaming this directly to Twitter. This won't change anything for audio format. If you're listening on podcasts, that is completely fine. If you're listening on YouTube, nothing changes. But if you're listening on, if you're watching on Twitter, please make sure you hit the YouTube link. It is directly there in the stream on Twitter right now. You can click on the link, subscribe to our YouTube channel so you never miss out on any of the future episodes. We just want everybody in one place coming to YouTube. You can subscribe there to get notified we go live. And also you can get involved with the live chat as well. We like to interact sometimes with the people over there uh, as well, which you cannot do in real time on Twitter. So make sure you are subscribed on YouTube. Never miss out. So let's go to yesterday with the recap on the three plays. Uh, unfortunately, this is a two, uh, a one and two day that we need to speak on. It started with a winner in the Houston Rockets game, Alperin Shengun goes over on his number. It has been a good season so far. We'll recap the entire year. We're up 6.6 units with a 3.6% ROI. Hopefully we can increase that rest of the week to make up for this. But uh, Shengun was a no sweat. We'll start with you, Pips. I'm sure as a Rockets fan, you had keen eyes on this. But again, absolutely no sweat here. Yeah, absolutely no sweat. No foul trouble, no blowout, and still very, very, very below the, the line. So, yeah. Everything we'll as expected. He had difficult matchup in assists and in scoring. He got the rebound, which was the best, the worst part of this. But we get when we do like point rebounds and assists, we do get one extra. So like if we had like ten and a half on the rebounds and ten and a half on points, we usually get like twenty one and a half. Mm-hmm. Like. But this was like getting 22 and a half. Like we get, we had one extra on PRAs. So I didn't want to go just points and assists. But yeah, overall, way below the line. So easy, easy cash there. And the next one was in the Nets Knicks game. I actually watched this entire game. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie went off. He had an excellent game, uh, easily covered on this one. Mikhail Bridges, however, this was a very, very poor game from Bridges. Uh, it was so poor that he really struggled to get a lot of play time from Jack Vaughn and had no legs in the fourth quarter. He had a free throws to maybe give us a chance, and he missed both. It was just a really off night for Mikhail Bridges. Yeah, that's that's like you get some, you lose some, but that's one one part when you like new team. So the first game he looked like okay, like this is now my team. I'm the first option, and I'll like shoot. In the next game, he's like the lowest usage on the team. So, like, probably staying away from betting on Nets in the next couple of games until we just get, like, like some hierarchy there so we, we know, like, who is the, the number one guy, who is the number two guy, like, and who is the number fifth guy. And, like, it went completely, like, like from the last game, he was the fifth option on scoring. He was, like, just creating... And Mikhail was, Mikhail was shooting everything, and they have, now they switch. Like Spencer was like huge, like insane usage, and Mikhail was like one of the lowest usage on the game. And it, he actually had the best matchup, like in the entire game. He was defended by 
Jalen Brunson. Like mm-hmm. he's not a great defender, and the size is like unbelievable, huge advantage for Mikhail. Still nothing, so like maybe a bit of poor choice. Like rushed into the second one. I thought like if he continues with that usage, this is like easy. But yeah. Yeah, these sort of things happen. We'll we'll take it. We'll learn. We'll move on. Third play of the day comes in the uh, Magic Bulls game. Uh, unfortunately, this is another loss where we bet on a Chicago Bulls player. And don't worry, guys. We're going to have our, our thoughts on the Chicago Bulls roster a little bit later on in our discussion piece. But uh, Vucevic never really got quite to the level to cover this. Wendell Carter got this one without really sweating here. Vucevic got kind of close, but it never really seemed like he was going to cover. What'd you make of Vucevic? Oh, sorry. Vucevic here. I had to say properly. So he had a great start. He had seven PRAs in the the first four minutes. So I was like, okay, great start. And then he gave completely missing. Like, between like fifth minute of the game and the last five minutes of the game, so like 25 minutes span, he attempted only one field goal attempts. Like he was on the floor for 25 minutes and shot once. And I'll say this, and people will probably be like, women, Demar DeRozan, fucked us again. <laughs> Even though we didn't get him. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Like, so I'll just read field goal items for, for the demo. Like 12, 16, 17, 13, 10. And the last night, 20. Like, he wasn't passing the ball at all. Like, they, it was such a, like, complete mess. So I'll just explain one, like, like simplest action NBA you can play so Orlando Magic is playing switch defense and they're playing like pick and roll with Lavin Vucevic and the Rosen Vucevic so Vucevic gets switched on to like Markel Fultz, Franz Wagner Gary Harris deep into the post and then DeMar DeRozan shoots over tall guy like you, you get the matchup like great for Vucevic inside over the smaller guy, easy, easy basket, just pass to him. And you get the bigger guy in front of you and you shoot over him. Like that, that's just complete nonsense. Like, yeah, that's this was the case for like I'll say at least 30 times during the entire game that Vucevic had a post up on a smaller guy that they didn't pass the ball to him at all. Like, and we were three, we were three. PRA is short. Like, that's, I, I think that's amazing. And also, Vucevic had one like tip in that he missed. And yeah, <laughs> it was when he missed that tip in, it was like, okay, we, are, we lost this one. Yeah. Yes. And um, like I said, our discussion piece has been reserved for the Chicago Bulls. So we'll talk more about the Chicago Bulls hate a little bit later on. Before that, though, we are going to give you guys the official pick. Only one official play for today um always sensible to just make sure you're not taking stuff that you don't need to take here confidence in this play we're going back to the well on the phoenix suns with the same game parlay involving chris paul and deandre ayton yep so we are betting chris paul to like it's almost the same bet we had a couple of days ago yeah but we had 
Chris Paul 6 and half and Aiton 17 and half. So we get one more assist for Chris Paul and one less point for for DeAndre Aiton. This is like one of the like the the so I'll just read like Chris Paul over seven and a half assist, eight and over seventy and a half point which is minus one fifty at DraftKings. So I just so uh, the Sacramento Kicks are one of the best three point shooting teams. They are above the third least three points attempts above the shooting above the break. So they just allowing a ton of points and these points came from the inside. So they allowed the third most paint points. Which is where, which is where Aiton usually scores, and additionally, they are they are like if you look at the mid-range shooting, and in the paint non-restricted area, also where Aiton scores most of the points, they are like top five, top seven combined in the league, so they allow a lot of like inside, like they have guys wide spread out. Sabonis in probably most of the time in in the drop coverage, so there is like a lot of space in the free throw area that's wide open, and Aiton ain't like he's killing those shots. Like uh, I think it's a bit underrated of how great mid range shooter is Aiton. So if you take a look at the numbers, yeah, it's like he like he's shot seven seven hundred field goals this season. And 65% comes from the mid-range. Is either is a slow, either it's like a short mid-range with his hooks, or or like or just mid-range, and he's almost 50% of them. Like huge usage, huge volume, and he's hitting them like easily. So yeah, I think this is a great matchup for him. And lately, Big had great success against against the Sacramento Kings. And yeah, with them trying to move everyone from the three-point line, I can see so Aiton having a great game. And we can show like statistical data for, for Aiton. He like <laughs> this is amazing. Like nine after the last 10 overs and 23.3 uh average on points. Two games with uh Booker back, he had 35 points against the Nets and 22 against the Pacers. And I will say. We did win this bet against the Pacers, but Pacers, this will be like probably mind-blowing for some people, but the entire focus on defending pick and roll for the Pacers was not to help on the Chris Paul, not to help on David Booker, but to stay close to the DeAndre Ayton. So David, Turner is usually like just going for, for the blocks and attacking the guys, and but he just slip out and was just holding the under eight on almost on almost every pick and roll. That's why Chris Paul had one of the highest shooting games on the season because one mid-range for him was wide open. I didn't expect that. I expected Dan Booker and Chris Paul get a bit more respect, but they, they were just like led to shoot wide open shots and they focused uh, maximum focus on the under eight. And he still covered it. So I think Sabonis is not even close to the level of target defenses, and I think he'll be more inside, or even if he's outside, like on hedges on some screens on Booker or or Chris Paul, that's even better for 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 the Andre Ayton because like 
if you want Keegan Murray to rotate, like to tag the roller, I don't think he is capable of doing that. So like whatever they do, I don't see them having any solution for stopping Aiton. And with his form, like he's probably the best form of his best scoring form of his career. I think this is a great spot to bet. And also we have Chris Paul. So this is Chris Paul where he gets 25 plus minutes and he covered this in 87%. And I'll just say like Kings allow a ton of points. They allow a ton of pick and roll points. So this is a great spot for, for Chris Paul to cover. Didn't affect that Dane Booker was back as he had 12 and 9. He had 12 and 9 assists in those games. And even if you take a look at those games that he actually didn't cover, those were some games against the team that usually don't, don't allow a ton of points, the assists. So, like Wizards and like that's just stay with their guys. And yeah. All right. So, good stuff on the one bet. Only the one for today. Uh, I want to go back a little bit on that Aiden point. You talked about his mid range game. If you guys watch him uh, in his college days with Arizona, you'll really gauge why he went first. Now, obviously, in hindsight, Doncic was a clear first overall pick, but you see why people were so keen on Aiden as a seven footer. Like he was like a shot creator in mid-range for himself. Obviously, different game in the NBA, but it's just Phoenix have asked him to do a different job in the NBA. I think he does that job quite well. I think it's very commendable that he does the job so well as you know the defensive anchor, the guy who's in the paint because there are so many good mid-range shooters on that team. And another one, <laughs> the best one, is coming into the team after the All-Star break at some point. But yeah, Aiden could definitely cook in mid-range. I quickly want your thoughts, Pips, on Aiden's usage after Kevin Durant arrives, because you know Chris Paul, mid-range guy, Booker, mid-range guy, Kevin Durant, the the best mid-range guy, all coming in. Uh, what do you think this is going to do for DeAndre Ayton's role of the team? Yeah, this will be difficult because they will need him to roll hard to the rim to open up that mid-range, and I think he will be he'll be used more as a role guy than a pop to the free throw line guy. And yeah, it will be interesting to see how how he developed there. And yeah, it will be interesting for sure. I think the the main concern for this team is rim pressure. And neither Dayton or Chris Paul or Devin Booker or KD are will solve that. So your first four scoring options are you have none of, of the rim pressure guys. So I think one of these four will need to increase their remote attempts. I think it's their Booker, but we'll see. Interesting stuff there. But let's move into the next piece of discussion. The Chicago Bulls, a team that everybody knows is broken, a team that everybody knows needed changes, maybe needed to sell at the deadline, made zero trades at that trade deadline, saying that they wanted to go for it. Since that trade deadline, they have lost three straight games, including yesterday to the Orlando Magic and Thursday against a Brooklyn Nets team fresh off of trading both superstars. A very depleted Brooklyn Nets team rolled in and took over that Chicago Bulls game. And we want to discuss what the future holds for this team. So Sorry. we'll bring it over to Pips. Uh, you've obviously watched the Bulls a bit more than I have this season. 
Can you speak to where things have gone the most wrong for this team? If you can maybe find just one or feel free to elaborate on a few that you don't like about this team. So the first one I'll say yesterday, I was like trying to like decide between Vucevic. So my initial bet was Wenzel Carter Jr. over 11 and a half points. So I was trying to like decide between Vucevic or going with uh, spread alternative spread on the Orlando Magic because Bulls were five, I think five points favorite, and I was like, wow. And then I saw that they like played two weeks ago and Bulls blow them out by twenty points, and that's why I decided to go with Vucevic. But like, they didn't they didn't make any sense at all that line considering everything that's going on. So that there is that, and the question is said. You can't win in today's NBA without shooting threes. Like easy. E- like they are dead last in, in the three points and attempts in the league. And that's like crazy considering they have Vucevic, they have Kobe White, they have Patrick Williams, they have Zach Lavin. So like it's not like they don't have any guys that can shoot. It's I think it's completely on the coach. I'm not a huge fan of him. I could talk about it quite some time. Also, Lavin, Temar, and Vucevic defense. So you have three poor defensive players. Like that's that's never gonna work. So you have three points, three poor defensive players that end up team shooting the least three. So that's huge, two huge problems. So if you combine these two problems, like how can you win the games? Also. They don't have that much rim pressure. Like Vucevic ain't a lob threat. Demar DeRozan is settling for mid-range shot. Caruso and the Sun are like running around. Patrick Williams is not doing anything. So you don't have rim pressure. You don't have three-point shooting. And you don't have defense. Like three main things in today's NBA. Like they are playing, I don't know what's like 2005 basketball. And they will suck in that era, era too. So like pointless like also interesting data data since Vucevic Demar DeRozan and Lavin started playing together over all the minutes they have together they are zero on the net rating zero net rating not a bit positive zero net rating for three star players together on the floor I don't think you, you can you can look up any data entirely three guys that are all stars together that don't have positive net rating together is like, like, I don't think that exists like close to it. So obviously Lonzo ball changes a lot. He adds in point of attack defense. He adds in playmaking. He adds in shooting, which is definitely a problem, but just how much do you think Lonzo ball, his injury has affected this team? And do you think there's any significant differences to their record with him being involved? They will be a bit better with him. I don't think Lonzo Ball is like the guy that will change a lot. You have yeah. like point of dark defense Caruso, one of the best in the league. Yeah. So yeah, like that. But he's better than Lonzo. I'll say that. So you can he like that problem <laughs> is like not there, and shooting of course, but Lonzo is not a great three point shooter. Like he had good season, but his shooting gravity is still non existent. 
So there is that. Like sometimes mm-hmm. shooting gravity is even more important than actual shooting. Okay, this team needs actual shooting, but lots of ball doesn't offer any shooting gravity. Though, you know, I, I like that point where gravity sometimes means more than actual shooting. The first player I think of when you say that is Jay Crowder because he's a very streaky shooter, but yeah. he's respected enough that you can't just leave him alone in the corner. So I, I think that's an interesting point uh, as far as Lonzo Ball goes. You talked about Billy Donovan. I used to be quite high on Billy Donovan. I'm now very, very low on Billy Donovan. And maybe, obviously, he's been an issue. The Bulls have had so many games where they're up double digits, they're comfortable, and they still end up losing the game. I remember one to the L.A. Clippers uh, from a couple of weeks ago now where they were up by like 15 points. And five minutes later, the Clippers had it tied in the second quarter and they end up losing that game. And then the last few plays of the game, the Bulls had chances to tie, chances to win and just complete lack of organization overall. I put a lot of that on Billy Donovan. How much do you think of it is on the players as well? Like not playing a team game, maybe a little bit of selfishness. How much do you think is on that? I think it's more on the coach. More like, on the coach. If your if your players look every night disinterested in playing the game while being paid forty millions, and actually has history of being like good productive players, I think it's on the coach. Like, I agree. It, I I think they should first meltdowns are usually on the coach. Yes. Like when you win like by by fifteen twenty and then you lose like it's on the coach like nine out of ten times. And yeah, they just don't look like so. Like they're like just like the theory of playing, like the tactical part where you just like setting up like actions and deciding how many trees you should have the way you are going to defend. That's just not this era of basketball. At least not the winning part of this basketball era. Understood. And I want to remind you guys that this is a team that made zero trades at the trade deadline. They brought in no players. They didn't make any changes. They saw this as something that was fine. According to reports, they saw Kevin Durant got traded away from the Brooklyn Nets and all of a sudden thought the East was a little bit more open. I personally don't know what they were seeing, but it is a perilous situation here. It differs to a team we've spoken about in the Raptors who, who only traded for Jakob Pearl rather than selling. The Raptors still have a lot of assets and a lot of patience they can have with their team, whereas the Bulls have lost a lot of those assets putting the team together that I would say evidently does not work here. But uh, (laughs) they are putting themselves in a little bit of a hole, I think. I kind of feel for Chicago Bulls fans. There There was definitely some promise and opportunity with this current team, but it really has not come to fruition. And I feel like I feel like everybody knows it's time for them to sell on this. But Uh, They continue to try and strive to push onwards. We'll see how that plays out for them for the rest of the season. All right. Uh, That should do it for today's show. We're going to get it wrapped up. I'm going to go through the the pick that we had on the show. Just to recap here, one pick for today. Chris Paul over 7.5 assists paired with DeAndre Aiden over 17.5 points for minus 115 at DraftKings. Want to remind you guys, today is the final time that we are streaming directly to Twitter. Going forward, we'll be streaming only to YouTube, and we'll still upload this to all podcast platforms that you want to check this out on. That does not change, but no more Twitter. Please make sure to never miss out on future pick and roll episodes that you are subscribed 
to the channel. Subscribe to the board for all content that we have coming your way on this channel. And also hit that thumbs up button if you have been enjoying and you want to support this channel a little bit further. But no more Twitter again. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. We promise you'll still like it on YouTube as well. And you can get involved with the comments in the chat. Thanks again, guys. We'll be back tomorrow for more pick and roll. Let's hope the bet wins. And uh, have a great night, everybody. We'll be right back.